Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. Joined by Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. Good morning. I'm liking that new music. Yeah. I feel like like we're going on a road trip or something. It is kind of like that, isn't it? Driving music. Well, speaking of driving, (laughs) uh, did you have any problems driving this morning? I had a a little bit of slipperiness around uh, overpasses and ramps. So be careful out there. In fact, somebody, uh, as you saw, Julie, or see, uh, sent a text, east on Highway 7, just east of Louisiana Ave, one vehicle car accident into the concrete wall blocking the left lane. So keep that in mind. This is east on Highway 7. Yeah, really, would be. For sure. So be careful out there. It's that time of year. That's Yeah, and we're not happens. used to it. No. Nope. We said earlier this morning, it's a relearning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how to drive here. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, folks are already calling. Uh, send a text or call the uh, same number, 651-989-9226. We talk, thanks to f- people like Julie, lawns and gardens, 52 <laughs> weeks a year. People love it. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, and, and they love it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what what uh, time of year it is. Um, I, I'm concerned like uh, what happened last year, not to just talk about my house, but we talked a lot about the boxwoods that people lost. Right. Uh, yeah. During it was a tough year season. for a lot of plants yeah. that we normally would think would be hardy. I'm but... not sure what to do about that. I don't want the same thing to happen this year. Well, watering any evergreen, whether it's a broadleaf evergreen or a conifer, is important. Uh, we still have soil that isn't frozen. So uh, so if you can keep keep watering it until you turn, have to turn your hoses off. We've turned ours off at our house. So, uh, um, But uh, keep watering and then also, in some cases, if you had a lot of damage last year, you know, it might be that you want to wrap those plants. That's, what do you wrap them with? Well, usually burlap, and uh, and that's porous, so it also allows, you know, allows the plant to breathe and, and air to get through. It doesn't trap moisture. Um, some people will put that up on a particular side of the plant that, that was uh, damaged most of all. But in some cases, it's just kind of luck of the draw with yeah. the weather. Last year was a tough winter. It really was. We had a really cold snap in uh, January in the early part of the winter. And then we got dumped on with snow in February. Insult to injury almost. Right? Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. would have been better to be the other way around, other though, because that yeah. snow is, has a big insulating factor. All right. 651-989. Let's hope for the best. 651-989-9226. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, get to the phones. Um, Pat in Shoreview is first up here, I believe. Uh, Pat, you're on CCO. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Morning. I have a question about, I think, dormant seeding. Yes. I'm just wondering, can I throw down some dirt, uh, mix in a little seed with it, let it just sit under the snow for the rest of the winter and hope I get some grass in the spring? Well, you don't need any, any soil mixed with it. You can just put down straight seed. So that, okay. that should save some of your time. Well, do I have to worry about the rodents running around eating the seed? Uh, you know, that's always a possibility, um, but uh, you want to get it worked in deep enough uh, so, uh, you know, as best soil to, uh, soil to seed contact as you can. Okay. 
All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Right. Thank you, Head. And we do have a great publication on our website about dormant seating. So if you visit extension.umn.edu, just in the search box, type in dormant seating, and up will pop the article about that. That will explain exactly how to do it. No, I've maybe I'm not doing it the right way, but it, depending on the area of the lawn, I will like scratch it up with a. Yeah, you can do that then, too. If you then, have bare soil, that's yeah. a good thing to do. That soil to seed contact is really important because that's going to uh, produce the best germination in the spring. Yeah, very good. Gene in Plymouth, meanwhile, is on the horn with a question. Uh, Gene, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. I brought in all my beautiful hanging plants and brought them into the house. And now I have little gnats flying all over my house. What can I do to get rid of them? I tried vacuuming and that didn't really work. Do you got any ideas how I can get rid of those little gnats? Sure. They're probably fungus gnats. And fungus gnats are in the fruit fly family. They... uh, they live in damp conditions, so they enjoy damp soil. And um, so letting the plants dry out is important. Uh, repotting some of the worst offenders, if you've noticed that there's one plant in particular that there's a lot of them. Okay. Uh, you can repot that plant with some fresh soil. That's always a good bet. Maybe you just do that for, I don't know how many plants you have, but maybe you make a plan over the next couple of weeks to do that. You can also put up sticky traps. So these are yellow cards about... Ah, they're the size of a large recipe card, and they, they're covered in sticky uh, uh, adhesive, and those flies are attracted to that color yellow, oh. and they'll stick to those cards. Perfect. And it, 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 do you buy them or you make your own? You can buy them. So you oh. can uh, – I bought them online before, but you can buy them – you might be able to buy them at a garden center as well. Okay. Thank you. Yep. All right, Gene. Thanks for the call. Gene leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. That is exactly – the same number if you want to send a text, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's see who's next on the phone. Nona uh, is calling from Brooklyn Center. Good morning. What is your question for Julie? Good morning. I am really sad. Um, <laughs> I had a beautiful, just full coleus plant that I decided to bring in, and now it's dropping all of its leaves. It's getting to look like a coleus tree. Okay. What? happening well uh, oftentimes when you bring in plants from outside that you're changing the environment that the plant's been growing in so it's been in you know nice open air a uh, different kind of temperature different level of humidity different level of light and when you bring it inside that changes and so the plant will often it's very common for plants to drop their leaves when they first come in the door and uh and you're hopefully i mean if the plant is still viable and it's still growing, it will re-sprout leaves where it dropped those leaves. So uh, what I would recommend is just if the plant is still alive uh, and you still see a little bit of new growth here and there, some new leaves, I would just keep, you know, keeping it moist and put it in a, you know, the best window that you can and uh, and then just kind of wait and see oh. what happens. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right, Nona, thanks for the call. Um, just uh, this text just came in to Julie. It says, "Good morning, Julie and Denny. The Washington County Master Gardeners are having their garden market oh. at the Bayport Library today from ten to two. Would you be able to announce this? No, can't do it. <laughs> the gardeners have been uh, working all summer in preparation for this event. Well, good, yay! Good all right, yeah. those are always fun to go to. That's from ten till two. So ten till two thanks. at the Bayport Library. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, that yeah. info." Uh, an awesome. early, earlier text, and I know we have to take a break, uh, says, what's the best way to get rid of moles? They are ruining my lawn. 
And, <laughs> we both looked at yeah, each other. Yeah, and I, it's not. Yeah. it's not the prettiest sight, right. but it's. Uh, it's yes, a, it's a trap. Yep, it's trapping moles, and uh, they're mole traps that you can buy, and it kills the mole. Uh, it's not a live trap, uh, and. That's really when we've talked with our turf guys before. That's the one thing they said is really if you're going to get rid of them. Uh, and then you want to uh, ultimately in the next growing season work on, you know, why those moles are around. Are they, or Do you have a lot of grub issues? Uh, are they feeding on a lot of earthworms? And then address that problem next spring. So you can call back in the spring with that question. But, yeah, right now it's trapping them. Yeah. I don't know how long they hang around in the winter. I don't know either. I don't know if they hibernate, I suppose. If anybody knows, send us a message. <laughs> All right. We have to take a quick break, Julie, so hang on. Uh, call in your question or send a text. Same number again, 651-989-9226. We call it our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, here on News Talk 830 WCCO, where it's 33 degrees. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M. And don't forget to visit the Arboretum. Oh, it's so great out there. Even with the leaves blown off the trees, every t- any time of year is awesome out there. It really is true. And there's things to learn. And if you want to stay indoors, like today is kind of you know a bit chilly, but uh, it would be great for a hike out there. Uh, also, there's the bee center to go, and there's a ton of interactive things to do out there in the in the bee area. And then I like going in the conservatory and just hanging out. <laughs> That's a great place to go in the cold it, weather. It just is a neat place all the mm-hmm. way around. Great activities. Let's go back to the phones, Julie. Cindy is calling in from uh, Blaine, I believe. Cindy, you're on with Julie. Hi, Julie. Good morning. I'm a caller, but I've listened to the show for a while now, and thank you so much for all your information. Oh, you're welcome. Now, my, my question is, is I harvested some jack-in-the-pulpit seeds um, a while back, and of course, they're all dried out now, but I'm wondering, can I still plant them? I think I think you could. Um, I, I would have to do some uh, research on this one, but I'm just going to go with what I know about that plant. That's a native plant to Minnesota. It is a very interesting plant. Really cool. And uh, it grows in woodland areas. And I Mm -hmm. would think that you could plant those seeds because they, I I know that that they've already, you know, all of my plants have already popped their seeds and they probably need that cold uh, winter in the ground. From what I've read, yes, they do. Yep. Yeah, so I think you could still plant them. And I'm sure your soil's not frozen yet, so. Right, right. Um, My thought was to rehydrate them because what I read was that um, you uh, rub them between your fingers until the seed pops out of the shell. Yep. I guess. Yeah, to the seed coat, yeah, to crack that that protective layer. Right, right. So, okay, well, good. Yeah, give it a shot. Today, then. Yeah, be sure to mark where you plant them so you don't dig them up next oh, year. Oh, yeah. That's right. I've done that right. before. <laughs> right. Yeah, it took, me, it took me four years to find the one that I did plant. <laughs> <laughs> but you found it. All right, good <laughs> That's <deal>. good. <laughs> Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate that. That's a great plant. I love that. Six, five, that's a Jack in the Pulpit. Jack in the Pulpit. 651-989-9226. We'll get you the phone call or text if you like. Uh, what's the best kind of fruit to grow indoors in Minnesota this time of year? Ooh, well, uh, citrus trees are great if you have the space for them. They are a commitment. It's not something that you would grow one one year and, and, and throw away probably. Um, I've had a lemon tree for a long time, and I, I have, you know, hit, I'm hit or miss with my uh, 
getting lemons off of it. But Kalamadin oranges are great. They're real small little oranges. They're very, very sour. You can make uh, marmalade. Mary's got a tree that I think was her grandmother's. Wow. And it's well over 50 years old, she said. And she makes marmalade from it. She gets a heap of these little oranges every year. And Not that. Yeah, yeah. We, we've had great success. You have a Meyer, lemon tree. Meyer lemon tree. Yeah. I mean, it's produced. We're not going it's to market with right it. right now, yeah. But it's, uh, they're huge. Oh, they're good. And they they're are so tasty. So delicious, yeah. yeah. It takes a while to turn yellow, though. Right, yeah. They, they, sit, they hang their green for quite a while. Yeah. But eventually they turn yellow. And so there's a number of different choices like that. You might, if, uh, you know, you might want to try a tropical too if you're not, uh, you know, you could try growing the fruit, fruit trees. But if you want something maybe a little bit smaller, you could try a jasmine, get that great scent. Uh, gardenias, another great one. Um, and uh, just get that kind of tropical feel in your house. Uh, yeah. Be careful of spider mites because the hot, dry condition, you definitely want to give these plants some humidity. And you can simply set them on a saucer with some pebbles in it, put some water in that saucer or a tray, and just keep that humidity going. Mm. Just keep filling it up with water, and that'll help. That'll evaporate out and help with the humidity That's around the plants. That's a good idea. Um, if a texture says, if I dormant seed and then it snows, covers that, what happens if the dog does its business? I, I would imagine. I don't think it matters. Not yeah, it's not going to affect think. the seed. Uh, another texture says, is it too late uh, to overseed the lawn? Well, again, the dormant seeding yeah. we're talking about. Dormant uh, seeding uh, you want to do when your soil is frozen. So even the earlier caller should just wait and dormant seed. About mid-November is is roughly, you know, the time of year that we say to do that. All right. Uh, another texture says, for fruit flies, put about an inch of apple cider vinegar in a jar, stir in a drop of dish soap, best Fruit fly trap ever. That's a good one, too. That's great, especially if you have them around your kitchen, because then it's a, you know, apple cider and soap, you know, versus a big yellow sticky trap. Yeah. (laughs) So, but those, but that yellow is attractive to them. So uh, it does, it does work. It's a, those are used as monitoring devices sometimes in greenhouses. You'll see them in, if you visit a commercial greenhouse, but they're also great for uh, monitoring in your own plants for trapping those little buggers. 651-989-9226 if you want to call in to Julie or you want to just send Julie a text. Same number applies. Uh, I planted a new sensation lilac this year. This is a text. Ooh, that's a good one. Due to rabbits, we put a cage around it. Is there something that I can do for it as we get snow to keep the rabbits from getting at it? Well, the important thing is to put a tall enough fence around it. So if you have two feet of fencing, you're probably going to want to add two more feet. Um, and it's going to, you're going to have to just gauge on how far away from the plant, you know, depending on the branching of that plant. Sensation lilac is an amazing lilac. It's a deep purple and the flowers have a white edge around them. So it's really dramatic looking, but it also smells incredible. And so, uh, it's excellent that you're, that you're protecting it from rabbits because they can girdle those shrubs. They feed on the outer bark in the winter and cut through some of the vessels that move uh, uh, the photosynthesis from the leaves down into the roots. The f- they they uh, cut through the, the phloem tubes in the vascular system. And so that's a, um, that's a great thing to do. That's something that everybody can be doing right now. In fact, in our Yard and Garden news blog, uh, I just wrote an article as a reminder that this is a good time to protect your plants from browsing. 
And that is a great uh, a blog that comes out every two weeks. You can subscribe to it. There's a subscribe button on it, and you can find it right on the Yard and Garden page on the Extension site. And what is that Extension site again? Extension.umn.edu. And go to Yard and Garden, and the blog is right at the top of the page along with our podcasts. Oh, outstanding. Yeah. We're good. So if you miss the show, you can listen in. We have another about a half hour of the show to go, but don't wait. If you have a lawn or garden question, you know, we always tend to get a little busy both on the phone and the text uh, text line. So call it in. Same number applies for both, 651-989-9226. As we head to the break, the Abiders will be playing, Woo! is it a week from today already? <laughs> yeah, a week from today. Yeah, the Tonka Brew Fest. It's a, a benefit for our Mound West Tonka Rotary, who does so so much great work. And uh, and we'll be playing from 3 to 6. Tickets are $45 a piece. You can purchase them on TonkaBrewFest.com. You can mention that before you leave us. Today, I would love okay? to. Right, That'd be great. Good. Hang on, Julie. As I said, we have another half hour of the show to go, but don't wait. Call in or text in your lawn or garden question here on our Smart Garden Show. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. We're around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Julie Weisenhorn. Oh, happy to be here. From the University of Minnesota. Uh, we have callers. We have texters that will keep you busy till, uh, till you take Let, your let them rip. Let's All hear right, it. Let's see who's been waiting. It would be Shars uh, calling from North Branch, I do believe, uh, on uh, line one. Go ahead, Char. Good morning. Hi, good morning. I have a hibiscus that I've had for a few years now and would always bring it in in the winter. Yep. And it's done quite well. Great. Um, now I have moved to a different home and the lighting's different. Now, two things. Is that going to be bothersome? And am I able to trim it back? Because when I originally bought this it was a stick, pretty much, <laughs> and now it's about four feet tall sure. and has really spread out. And uh, Harley can get it through the doorway, and the <laughs> pot keeps getting larger. Okay. Well, number one uh, question is the lighting. Uh, it, it it may or may not affect it. It depends. Uh, they're pretty amiable plants. They like sunnier windows. Uh, so if you have a sliding glass door, that's a good place to put them. They can get their maximum amount of light. You can supplement that light if you're interested in a grow light at all. Uh, you can buy a floor lamp, a fixture, and you can buy a bulb that uh, can shine down on that. Uh, I do that with my lemon tree when it comes inside. As far as trimming it back, yes, absolutely you can trim it back. In fact, hibiscus respond really well to pruning. So you can you can take it down about maybe a third of the, of the way. Some people wait to do that because it's, when they bring the plant inside, it's, it's flowering or it's budded, and they wait until those buds on each of the branches are finished blooming, and then they'll prune that branch back. So you can do it all at once if you want. Uh, or you can go ahead and wait till those, if you have buds on the plant, wait till they bloom and then trim that trim that specific mm-hmm. branch back. And you just want to take it down, as I said, about a third of the way, down to a pair of leaves and uh, allow those leaves. Those leaves will become the top of the branch at that point. Okay. Yeah, they respond well to that. Thank you, Sharp. Uh, let's go to Golden Valley next. Lois is calling in from uh, from there. Lo- Hi. Hi, Lois. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. I see it's white outside. Um, I don't know if I like to see that or not, but it is what it is. Um, I have some 
information or questions on bowls or moles. Okay. Um, my neighbor had uh, bird feeders, and he saw the uh, and the bird feeders where he, he, uh, the grass grew over it. It was so much bird seed on the ground, but the bowls or the moles were attracted to that. And they just made their trail there, but he dug it out, dug out a lot of the grass or the dirt too. So, and he said he got rid of them. Um, okay. And I, I, oh, go okay. ahead. No, Great. No. So, Great. He, he, so did uh, you have a question or is, are you just uh, relaying that information? Relaying that information. Okay. Because he did not want them around his garden right. or anything like that, but he said he did, that did the trick. Okay. He, he removed Good. the So uh, removing the food, food source, source. Yeah. yeah. And that's an important thing to think about. If you've got a lot of rabbit issues, for example, remove habitat for those rabbits. So if you, uh, you know, some people have a stick pile in the back corner of their yard where they just kind of toss stuff or, and, and they like to live in that brush. And so remove that brush pile, get it burned or haul it to a local uh, compost site whatever it might be. So removing the habitat, removing the food source, those are all ways to manage wildlife without actually killing the wildlife. Texter wants to know, Julie, when can I put straw on my flower beds? Thank you. Love the show. Oh, thank you. Glad comes you love from, the show. Uh, comes from uh, Shirley from Howard Lake. Thanks, Shirley. Um, uh, I would wait until it gets a little bit colder, and uh, and you want to kind of wait until things freeze. Um, it, you know, when you put down mulch on top of plants, it's not to keep the plants nice and cozy and warm for the winter. It's actually to moderate the soil temperature so that the plant can gradually freeze out and then it can gradually uh, reemerge in the spring. So that, that mulch tempers it. it. It moderates that soil temperature. So you could wait now. I would wait a couple more weeks probably. Okay. And another texter says this, congratulations to the Howard Lake Waverly Winstead FFA right. for placing fourth in nursery and landscaping competition yeah. at the National Convention. Fantastic. Good congratulations. Going. Outstanding. That's, That's cool. Thanks for that That's information. That's our future. Yes, isn't that true? Mm-hmm. Back to the phones we go. Judy is calling in, I believe, from uh, Champlin. Judy, you're on with Julie. Hi, Julie. Thank you very much for taking my call. You bet. I have got a lemon plant and a lime plant tree last year and they went fine through the uh, summer and the winter they were made up they were just wonderful and then all summer they were great and I brought them in this fall and it kind of started out with the fungus flies oh fungus gnats yep right but the one the uh, lime tree started losing a lot of its leaves right but the lemon tree started looking like it was drying up, and and right now there's probably only one branch that actually <laughs> looks like anything. The rest are all dried up, and I did trim some of them off. Is I don't know. Is there any hope for them? Yeah, it's hard to say. If um, it, it, as I mentioned to the caller earlier, those plants when you bring them inside, they do drop their leaves, so that's a that's pretty common. They should reemerge. The leaves should reemerge. I think um, I'm kind of a, I'm a wait and see person. So if the plant is the soil has been moist, um, and uh, and again with the fungus gnats, you might want to either use a trap on there or you can uh, just be careful about overwatering the plants. And uh, I think I'd put traps in there just to kind of manage the population a little bit. And uh, I don't know how big your plants are, but it may be an opportunity to repot them. If they're in smaller pots, I uh, put them into a little bit bigger one with some clean soil. That's always a good move when you're bringing plants in from outside 
because a lot of insects gather in those uh, in that soil outside, and you don't notice it until you get them indoors, like with the fungus gnats. So if you can repot them, that that would be a good idea. Um, and I would wait. It sounds to me like the lime tree has just dropped its leaves that it produced outside. And so um, you want to make sure you give them as much light as possible too, which is probably one of the biggest limiting factors of our household plants is, is just light. And, uh, you know, a sliding window, a sliding door, uh, is a good place to put them. As I mentioned earlier, if you want to supplement with a grow light, you can buy those online. And uh, I use a floor lamp, standard floor lamp fixture, and uh, it has a grow light in it, and I put it right over that tree, and that seems to help, help add some light to, uh, to uh, uh, you know, to benefit the tree too. So, yeah, it's it's tough bringing them in. As far as the lemon tree goes, I again, I'd wait and see on that one. Unless those branches are absolutely completely dead, then you may want to just cut your losses at that point and get a new tree. Why? Texter says, uh, dormant seed follow-up question. We have a fair amount of crabgrass and sparse grass in, fr- in our front yard. Planning for next uh, spring, should I dormant seed in November or apply a pre-emergent in the early spring? I understand I cannot do both. Yeah. Boy, that's a good, that's a really good question. Yeah. It's kind of, which one do you do? Do you seed? And hope that you can generate a lush lawn, or do you uh, wait and put a pre-emergent down in the spring to manage that crabgrass? I think. Uh, oh, I wish I wish one of the guys was yeah. here from the turf. I'm trying to decide which is going to germinate. I think I take a chance on the seed first. Do you think you'd seed first? Yeah, uh, because you can I always I do the too. pre-emergent. I think I would too. Yeah. And um, I th- so I think I would seed first, and then I would manage that uh, crabgrass as it emerges along uh, the edge of your lawn or in the front of your lawn. But getting a lush, thick lawn, a healthy lawn, is a great deterrent to lots of weeds. Then the plants can actually kind of outcompete the weeds. And if you have a if you have a good lawn, it's also going to shade the soil surface and shade, hopefully, those annual seeds from the crabgrass and prevent them from germinating. They germinate from light. And uh, if the grass is tall enough, and I've heard up to four inches, it it can shade out any germination and lessen the weed issue. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's the best way to do it if you can. Complicated. That's a great question. Yeah, it is. Good one. Back to the phones we go. Marlis is calling, I believe, from uh, Farmington. Uh, Marlis, you're on CCO. Yes, thank you. Uh, some time ago, you talked about uh, leaving the re- the uh, flower stalks in your garden about yep. eighteen inches yes. tall, and that would encourage the eggs from the little good bugs in your garden. And I just want a little more information about that. Um, do you, can you when can you cut them off? And is eighteen inches correct? And then uh, what kind of um, insects is that encouraging? And is it all of your leftover stuff or just the uh, annuals? Okay, so. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we have bees like mason bees, really tiny bees that will tunnel into uh, standing or or hollow stems. They can be laying on the ground too. They don't have to be standing in your garden, and uh, and they'll lay their eggs in there, and then the eggs will hatch out uh, next year, and uh, and and that that's a great habitat, great place for nesting habitat. So you can cut the leaves down or cut the stems down to actually about five inches if you want to. It's a little bit more than I originally said. 
I like to leave them taller because then I can actually find the plants. Um, but then you can take those branches that you cut off and you can put them under a tree to the or to, in the back of your bed or someplace on your property where they won't get harmed. You don't want to compost or burn them or take them to a compost site. And that will allow bees to, A, hatch the, any eggs in those stems to hatch out, or B, bees to find those stems next year. So uh, they just become a part of your landscape. And uh, and you can do that. You want to do it primarily with hollow-stemmed uh, flower, you know, flower stalks. But I've also I also know that they tunnel in and kick out the center of stems too. So any I would say any flower stems, cut them at about five inches, put those stems someplace in your yard where the bees could use them if they if they find them, or where eggs can safely hatch out. You know what? We need to take a break. Okie dokie. We have more show to come, though. So if you do have a lawn and garden question, don't wait. Uh, we have about another ooh, 14 minutes of the show. So call it in, text it in, same number, 651-989-9226. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to folks like uh, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M for helping you out, helping us out, 651-989-9226. That's the phone number and the text number. So call it in. We still have time for your calls, and we do have a bunch of text messages as well. Do you want to follow up with something? Yeah, so we've been talking. There's been lots of questions, and there continues to be about the dormant seating. Oh, yes. So I'm going to correct something I said. I'm just reading through the publication that I would recommend anybody considering dormant seating to read. And it indicates that um, this works best in areas where you have really sparse turf or no turf. So it's it's not really meant if you have a lush, thick lawn uh, you're not going to get the seed-to-soil contact. So it, it really is for places where you've had a tough place, a tough area. Maybe you've done some renovation. Uh, maybe your grass just hasn't grown in a good area. You've had a lot of traffic or something, or it's very thin. So that's the purpose of dormant seeding. Also, uh, when to dormant seed, uh, it indicates that uh, the timing, that if you do it too early, the seed will germinate. So we don't want that because that will then kill the seed once it gets cold kill the grass, and you want to put that seed down while the ground is not frozen, but it's still cold enough that it won't germinate. Yes, that's the trick. And so germination is at probably 50 degrees, maybe, 40 degrees. So we're pretty cold right now, and uh, so you want to watch that temperature. And usually in Minnesota, we say as a rule of thumb about mid-November. But you've already done some in some bare, I, I pla- bare patches. You're just praying it doesn't. Yeah, germinate. I hope it won't germinate. That's that's the yeah. trick. But I guess that makes sense that the, the ground looks, is not frozen. Right, it's not frozen, so you get the seed to soil contact. Yeah, and that, so I'm correcting myself because I I've been saying oh when it's frozen, but when it's not frozen, but it's too cold to germinate. I which also would be probably in the 30s and 20s. Yeah, and that's what we're going to be getting for, right. for overnight right. lows. <laughs> Daytime highs, yeah. too, in some, yeah. in some cases. All right, Julie, we have uh, callers coming in. We have more textures. Uh, how do you care for clematis for the winter, textures? Oh, well, a clematis, there are different kinds of clematis. So you just have to know if you want to cut that clematis back. And you don't really have to do anything in the winter, though it does help to maybe pile up some leaves around the crown of the plant, so at the base of the plant. Just cover it with leaf mulch. Uh, And you can leave that leaf mulch on next year because that will help to hold moisture and keep those roots cool. And uh, and then in the spring, you're going to have to know uh, 
what kind of clematis you have, whether it blooms on last year's wood, last year's stems, or if it produces new stems. And you can tell that because it will shoot up a bunch of stems from the from the base of the plant and nothing from the old stuff that's hanging on your trellis. Then you can you know to cut that back. But you might if you have a different type of uh, clematis that blooms on last year's wood or last year's stems, you'll notice that it starts to leaf out on those old stems. So you just kind of have to wait and see that. But for winter, just piling leaves around the base of that plant is probably, and it doesn't have to be tons of it, maybe a couple of inches. Okay. Uh, Texter heard uh, us chatting last week about the Meyer lemon tree, this kind of a follow-up. They ordered, this Texter did, uh, ordered one online. Uh, They just want to know, uh, it just came in. What can I expect and how do I baby it in the beginning? So whenever you get a new plant into your household, uh, you want to quarantine it. You want to make sure that it's not bringing in any kind of pests. We've had a lot of discussion about fungus gnats. and uh, So you want to set that plant in another room away from the rest of your plants. So don't cozy it up next to something else. And uh, and you just want to kind of keep an eye on it for a couple of weeks and make sure it's not bringing in any pests. And if it is, you want to address it at that point, like fungus gnats. Uh, then you want to put that tree, it's going to want the maximum amount of light that you can provide for it in your household. I've been mentioning like sliding glass doors, that's a great place. Uh, if you want to supplement it with a grow light, you can do that with a floor lamp. Um, and... Um, and and you want to buy a grow light. You don't want to just use an incandescent bulb. So so those you can buy online. And and you want to mm-hmm. just make sure you get as much light as possible to that tree. And keep it moist but not wet. And uh and then uh just, you know, enjoy it. It's probably gonna to start to bloom right away when it when it gets into your house. So it smells good those. Oh, they smell so yeah, good. Indeed. Mine's blooming right now. It's yeah. awesome. Let's go to the phones. Ruth is calling from River Falls uh, this morning. Ruth, you're on CCO. Uh, good morning. I am calling to know if it's too late to plant a little spruce. Oh, I want it to be about four feet or a little taller, maybe. I think you could still plant it, and uh, you just want to be sure that you water it as long as you can up until the ground freezes. And then I would mulch the base of it. You can use your leaves, uh, just pile up leaves around the base. That makes a great mulch. And that will help to hold in moisture as well as moderate the temperature. And then in the spring, you want to get right on. If we don't have a wet spring, you want to get right on watering that plant. It's important uh, so that it doesn't start, the needles don't dry up and drop off. So watering it, that's the most important thing with evergreens at this time of year. Okay. Uh, Texter wants to know, what was the name of that lilac you liked? You talked about a a few minutes ago. Sensation. What's so good about that? It smells great. Ah. Yeah. It's great. And I just wrote an article about lilacs that uh, is under our trees and shrubs webpage. And uh, it is about caring for lilacs, pruning lilacs. We have so many questions. I thought we better address that. And there's also a nice link to a video with Pete Moe, who's our director at the Arboretum, and Larry Ziliox from the Prairie Yard and Garden up in the northern part of the state around Alexandria. And uh, they're talking about lilacs. It's an older video, but it was a great video, and it was kind of the impetus for writing the lilacs webpage. So uh, that should be up pretty soon and uh, and give you all the information you need about lilacs. We have had just a ton of questions about uh, dormant seeding. Yeah, so visit the website. Uh, go to extension.umn.edu, and uh, you can just type in the search box, dormant seeding, and it comes right up. A whole bunch of different things about it. So uh, if you're going to do that, take a look at it. And remember, you want to wait till that soil is not frozen 
but it's cold and it's too cold for the seed to germinate, which we're saying around in the 30s and at least. Yes. You know, down and, and below. And we'll be getting that. Yes. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, t- Texter says this, and you, maybe you can comment on this or maybe not. What What's the purpose of a grass lawn? Have I ever been able to not comment on something? <laughs> That's a good point. I'm trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> Shouldn't we plant clover, which actually provides nutrients to the soil and is favorable to bees and pollinators and requires less maintenance than uh, like cutting or fertilizing. Yeah, clover is a great. Dutch clover is the white clover. That's a great ground cover and uh, used in bee lawn mixes. Uh, the the uh, writer is correct. It does provide uh, nitrogen. It's in the legume family, and legumes have nodules on the roots that will uh, fix nitrogen. That's the term that we use, which makes it available to other plants. And uh, and and it also doesn't require uh, fertilization. It is a great pollinator plant, provides uh, nectar and pollen for bees. Uh, it's soft to walk on. It's cool uh, on your feet, and, uh, and it is a great ground cover. So, yes, yes, you certainly can plant that. Another text to Julie says, my hibiscus plant had the infamous beetles on them this summer. Oh, I brought yeah. uh, the plant in. Huh. Would there be any of those critters in the soil that I would have to worry about? no. No, the beetles, uh, probably not. I don't think you have to worry about that. Um, you can also, uh, again, repotting your house plants when you bring them in is a great, uh, great thing to do because you do get rid of any soil borne issues. Uh, you put in fresh soil. I would use a potting soil that you buy new that hasn't been opened and hasn't been sitting out in your backyard uh, because that can also bring in uh, other pests. So new soil, wash the pot. Or, or get a new pot, and then uh, take that advantage, take that time to look over the plant, prune off any roots that are damaged or, or rotting if they've gotten too wet, and then also have a chance to look underneath the plant, tip the plant around and, and look at it. Hibiscus that are big can be washed in the shower too. Mm. So that's one way. If they're really big plants uh, and you want to rinse off things like cobwebs or you know dirt or dust, putting them in the shower with a handheld shower nozzle is a good way to wash them. I, it's a surprise the next morning, but <laughs> like, whoa, there's, there's a, a video, tree in here. There's a video in there. Uh, we've got to run here in about a minute. Uh, we'll, here's a text. So will sod put down three weeks ago do okay over the winter? I bet it does. Uh, yeah, probably. It's probably established its roots. It's still, of course, growing uh, even in this cooler weather probably. Yeah. So, uh, But as long as you watered it well because yes. it's been kind of dry True. actually. It has. Uh, we, we're almost out of time, but I want to remind our listeners that Julie and uh, her group called The Abiders will be playing one week from today. Tell us again where and why. Uh, we'll be playing at the Tonka Brew Fest out in Minnetrista at Gale Woods Farm. Uh, it is a benefit for our West Tonka, Mount West Tonka Rotary. Tickets are $45. There's about 15 or fifteen or more breweries and cideries that will be there. It's a tasting uh, event. And the abiders will be playing three to six. Three to six, one week from today. One week today. from today. All right. Hope it's warm. Go <laughs> it's, kill. it's indoors. It's indoors. Oh, too. that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a plus. All right, Julie, thanks. Great to <laughs> thanks see you a again. Lot. All right, Julie Weisenhorn from the U. What's the website again before you go? Extension.umn.edu. And you can just type in the search box or just go to Yard Garden. You're going to love it. A lot of good info. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.